Welcome to another episode of Family Goals with Pastor Jay and David Pollock. We are in the middle of a, a series on lessons learned from sports, and so we, we've been learning a lot. Uh, Dave, you mentioned in the last episode you're talking about uh, carbon. You know, you even had a carbonated drink. Been since, a hot minute, uh, yeah, long time since eighth grade. Is that correct? Is that accurate? Now, I I drink probably a six pack of Coke Zeros a day. Yeah, we, you drink enough for both of us. <laughs> you got that. I theory. do not eat healthy. No. And even last night, Jennifer. She's world world famous for her brownies, yeah. and I had some brownies, and I and I put some mint chocolate chip bluebell ice cream on top of it, and that was my dinner. So I, apparently, you're 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 listening well to don't give up what you want. And I what thought, you want right now, yeah. And I'm glad you listened last yeah, podcast. And, and you told me you would help me with my eating only if I was serious. Correct. And but I was thinking, I was thinking to myself last night, you're I not. would not want to text Davey <laughs> what I had today. Let's see, that, that's, that's what you learn as you get older. I used to want to help everybody. Like, yeah. I'm in, whoever wants help, let's go do it. Anytime somebody comes to me about, how did you lose 70, 80 pounds? How do you do that? I, I can tell you how to do it, but do you want to do it? Yeah. Well, I have one buddy. I, I'm, I don't eat that bad. You're fat. <laughs> You're 70 pounds overweight. You're 300 pounds. Like, where do you think that came from? You think it came from not eating that bad? Again, what you eat in private, you wear in public, bro. So I, I, I do the same thing every time, just like I told yeah. you, and you didn't do it. So I, I told you if you do a food log for a week and you sh write down every single thing you eat for a week, then I know people are serious. I bet it's no different than you discipling people. All the time it's, it's you come with the people yeah. like, Oh, I want to get better. I want to get better. And then you ask them to do something. They don't do it. It's like, man, I, okay, that's just, what, what are we doing here? They, I'm, I'm, we're not getting any better. We're not, we're not moving the ball down the field here. We're just throwing yeah. it up in the air. Yeah. So what, it's ironic you'd mentioned fat because when it comes to discipleship, I look, I look for men. Of course, men discipling men, women discipling women. You look for fat men? I'm looking for fat men. And it's an Are you acronym. being serious? Faith, oh, okay. faithful. Golly, I was about to say, this is rude. You're a jerk. <laughs> Faithful, Jerk available, and teachable. Faithful, available. So you give them an assignment. Are they faithful? Are they going to do what you ask them to do? Number two is, are they available? Yeah. Because there are a lot of guys that want to grow spiritually. They're just not available. They're, they're, their job, their family, or they don't make it a priority. And then are they teachable? Are they going to listen? Like if, like if, if they, they come to me for advice and I give them advice, are they teachable? Yeah. Or are they just going to, you know, so faithful, available, Teachable. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the same thing with, I train kids now a lot. Like started training kids with lifting mm -hmm. and I had the, the UGA golf coach actually the other day I was over there at their, them hitting golf balls around and with them. And, uh, he goes, uh, Hey, I know you're training so-and-so's kid and so-and-so's kid. You know, will you work with my 15 year old? Will you start teaching him how to lift weights? Yeah. I said, absolutely. Under one condition. He said, what? I said that he actually wants to work with me. I said, not, not because you want him to work with me. I was like, because he asked me, what do you charge? I was like, I don't charge a dime. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not doing this to make money. I, will, I love helping kids reach their goals, reach their dreams, and I'll help them. I don't, I don't need money. I'm, I'm good. Um, but they got to want to be there. I, I'm, not, I'm not there to motivate them. I'm not going to. And I do, a, I do a thing every time I have somebody. It's called death by sled. And you start the clock. And when the clock starts, you push the sled 10 yards. And so it's every minute on the minute. 
So for the first minute, you got a minute to push the sled 10 yards. You, you rest 55 seconds. Second minute, clock starts. Guess what? You got to go twice. You got to push the sled down, push it back. Third minute starts, one, two, three. Fourth minute starts, one, two, three, four. You get to four, heart starts pumping a little bit, rest starts to shrink, leg starts to get a little bit heavy. I can see all up in your chest. That's what I tell people, that's the best way to do an autopsy. I'm cutting your heart open right now, and I'm seeing if it, what the, what's inside that thing. Because I like to see what you're made of. And I did it with a, a kid that just got drafted for the, for the Pirates. Um, literally, in this draft, I think he was a second or third round pick. Yeah. And he came, started training during the quarantine. Georgia football players, I started training the defensive line guys, a lot Jordan Davis and those guys. And then uh, I started train, uh, cha- training Bubba Chandler, too, who just got drafted. And uh, that's the first thing I did with them, and they were puking all over the place. I mean, just from, from pushing themselves so hard. It's, it's a difficult thing depending on how hard you want to push yourself. But I just – I do that. That's the first thing I like to do with them because mm-hmm. I want to see how bad you want it. Yeah, you, you mentioned helping – you love helping people reach their goals and dreams. And as we're talking about lessons learned from sports, uh, goal setting. I mean, having, having a dream, having a goal, and letting that be this, this motivating factor to get to where you want to go. Let's, let's talk about setting goals because we what, – what are your thoughts on, like, setting goals and having something you're striving for? And I think we need long-term goal, okay. goals and short-term goals. And I think you need, depending on what your what your um, end res- what you want your end result to be, you got to make sure that you have those short term goals every day. Like I, I'll do short term goals for for spiritual stuff or for my family. Like tell my wife I love her three times today. It's not a big goal, dude. That's that's not a hard goal. It might be hard for you to do. I mean, it might be. It's not physical. You know, it's not a physical goal. But I think you have to have. Those long-term, long-term goals, short-term goals, how I want to get them accomplished. But you have to goal set. And you have to realize that, I, to me, it's, it's always it's windshield versus rear view. Every day, I got to be in windshield mentality. I got to be going straight ahead, straight ahead, straight ahead. What I did yesterday has no bearing on today. And that's, that's one thing I see a lot of. It's like, I worked out yesterday. I did X yesterday. I did Y yesterday. Okay, yesterday's gone. Let's talk about today. Like, what have we done today? And I, I think people have a hard time leaving yesterday in the past and, and moving forward and doing the next day, mm-hmm. and they want to hold on to those things. And so I think that's the, that's the mentality for me. Three small goals a day. What's my so, big overarching goal? So, the, so the, what would be an example of a long-term goal? Well, I mean, physically, I want to do X, or physically, I want to do Y. Um, you know, for, for me, when I started in TV, my long-term goal was to go to get college game day. And guess what? I got the exact same look I got when I was seven years old, and I told people I wanted to play in the NFL. It was a cute little pat on the head. I'm like, hey, it's cute. My my age at the time was like, yeah, man, that's really awesome. I'm glad you have that. That's the best best show on TV. I know. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Let's go do that. Um, but that, I mean, it just depends on what realm you're speaking in. Like what physically, you know, I want to physically accomplish, run a marathon. Right, like okay, well now I need short-term goals of what I'm going to run during the day. Um, I want to be a president or a CEO. I want to do this, the X, Y, and Z. Like okay, well what's my short-term goals that I have to? I was just with Josh Brooks, the AD for uh, Georgia. I was in his suite this past week or a couple weeks, whenever it was. Um, 
I was in his suite and we talked about, he talked about seven or eight years ago, uh, turning to his wife, looking at his wife and saying, in 2020, I'm going to be the AD at Georgia. Like he wasn't on everybody's radar. He believed it. That was his long-term goal. In order to accomplish that, he had to be a sitting AD somewhere. He had to leave yeah. Georgia, go somewhere else and become a sitting AD. So he had to leave the path which he wanted. Where he wanted to go, he had to leave and go accomplish something else first before he could take that path. And that's that's difficult for a lot of people to do. Like, wait a minute, I want X, but but I want it now. Yeah, and sometimes you got you got to take two steps back to get three steps forward. But also, I like the when you're talking about long term goals, I, I view it like a stair step, like escalator, right? Escalator. Yeah. So, so like a lot of these say NBA teams, well, we want to win the NBA championship. Well, right now you haven't even made the playoffs. Yeah. And so you see this where they, it's like they get over the hump, like, okay, like we get really got behind the Hawks this year. Yeah. I mean, that was, but it's like they jumped a few steps because not only did they make the playoffs, but they won a playoff round. And then they, then they, another one. Then they, you know, they got in the conference finals, but you see this like, can everybody get hurt again next year? Over the hump, you know, that helps us there. We kind of caught some breaks along the way, but but you, but but like so you so game day was here, yeah. So you had to take some steps along the way. I don't know what the steps and, were. Didn't and, you have a show with uh, Palmer? Yeah, Palmer and Paul. Yeah, it sucked. Um, <laughs> here's here's okay. So here's 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 my new way of phrasing this. Now that I've heard you say that, so game day, what you just showed me, and if you can see, if you're watching all four people, uh, it, what you showed me was the penthouse is here. Yeah. And you showed me game day was here. But you told me you, didn't, you couldn't take the elevator. You told me I had to take the stairs. And that's, that's, that's the deal then. Like, if I'm going to get to here. You can't jump up I don't, there. I don't push a button and yeah. go, phew, yeah. we're on the penthouse. You get your ace to the stairs and you start walking. Like, you start stepping in front of you. And what did you have to do? I did a show from 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. It was a recap show on ESPNU. My mama didn't watch, so I dang sure know nobody else did. <laughs> Kelly was like, I couldn't stay up. So nobody watched. But what did I do? I cut my teeth and learned how to do it. I learned how to say things. I learned how to phrase things. I learned how to study. I learned that I sucked. You got good at your craft. You had to hone your craft. Mm -hmm. But don't tell me you want to walk. Don't tell me you want to go to the penthouse. I mean, if you're not willing to take steps every day and you're not willing to take the stairs, we're not going anywhere. You're not going to get anywhere if you don't take steps every day. If you don't pursue your dreams every, how do you climb a mountain? One step at a yeah, time. One step at a time. It's not, I'm not taking a, I'm not taking the zip line, right? Yeah. I mean. So you I, got, so you got the goal, the, the long-term goal. And then, then what you say is daily. Short-term goals. You do three goals. So I you try, write I, these goals down? Yeah. I, well, I've gotten to the point now where I can, I can remember them a lot of times too. And, and listen, I'm, I'm more, um, at times in my life, I'm more disciplined with this and not like, especially if I have something I really want to, I love having a, tr a purpose when I train. Like if I want to do a, uh, a 10 K row on the row machine, like I have mm -hmm. a workout group and we work out a lot in the workout group. And I, if I want to do that, like I, I work on that, I'll work on like, I want to do this twice a week or three times a week or physical. I, I like physical challenges. I just, cause I think they're also mental. So it kind of oh, yeah. works. It, they work together, but so there's times, but yeah, I definitely try to do family goals whether I tell my kids I love them, whether I'm going to leave my kids a note, um, whether I'm going to write a scripture on the, on the counter and leave it for my kids before school. Um, you know, just little things like that, that for, for me, it makes, 
it clicks for me if I do three. I don't, I don't know. I don't, you could do four. You could do five. You could do two. You could do one. But I don't know. Three works better for me. What about you? What do you do for that stuff? I, I think having that, having, you have to have motivation. I, I've heard the phrase, I've used the phrase my whole life, if you aim at nothing, you're sure hit it, hit it every time. Yeah. And so, like say eating healthy, we kind of were on to me about this, but if I have a real goal of, well, I want to get down, you know, around 190, I'm, I'm 200 right now, maybe a little more. Depends on if you ate today. Yeah, which I have not eaten much today. Today, today's, good. A, today's a good day. I got a protein shake. But I, I think you have to have those, like if you don't have the goal, like like right now, what I'm in, I have a handicap in golf for the first time. Ah, and so what I, is it? It's 9.9. Okay, so that means you shoot like 81, 82. Okay. Like I shot an 81 Friday. Okay. And my handicap actually went up. But I don't understand the whole handicap because a lot of it depends either. on how hard the course is. But now I'm keeping up with my handicap and I'm looking when I log in my score, is it going up or is it going down? And I was even this morning saying, I need to, I need to set a goal for what I want my handicap to be. That's what I'm talking so about. So then I'll be motivated to go out and chip practice and chipping and practice putting because that's. So the so last so Friday I one putted the last five holes. Dang! So it was any, I, any bombs or all really good approach well, shots, or you just tapping it in? Well, it's a little bit. Um, you can learn a lot from, but a lot of us I wasn't hitting the green in regulation. So you're chipping so close, chipping and, then close and then making the putt. Yeah. Or I was making some putts, but I've never kept up with my putts before. So, th- but then you can go back, and now that I'm keeping up with it. You know, I think that's the same with with the goal setting. Like you have this goal, you're keeping up with yeah. it, you're writing it down. And I think it's the same same whether it's weight loss or hey, I want to make the all stars or I want to get a college scholarship. I like you've got the long term goal, and then you've got the. But then you mentioned the other thing about goal setting is accountability. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you had a workout group. Yeah. So you've got four guys days a week. who are holding you accountable, showing up every day. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and that's that's. I, I am I am one of the most disciplined people I know. I'm I'm really good at being disciplined and working hard. I, I don't work near as hard without my buddies in the weight room. I just don't. Like when they're there and when you're keeping score. Part of that's a little competition though. A hundred percent. If we're keeping score. Is anybody score, in there stronger than you? No, but I, I mean, listen, Russ Tanner's a mule. He's 290. Um, Chris Cagle's 245, 50 pounds depending on what he ate that week. Um, but, but we do, I like it because we do different team competitions. And so we pick teams and a lot of times, and then Brent Rollins is in there, Josh Clark, and we'll do three on three. And you get your teammates and they get theirs and you'll do, like the other day we did row. You have to row the whole time. The row machine, or you had to do a 5K row. And then it had to be 100 wall balls, 100 sit-up tosses, 100 side tosses, a hundred kettlebell swings and a hundred something else. And so 5k row. And then the, the other two have to be working on something else. And then you just keep through it. And whoever gets through fastest wins, whatever team finishes first. Correct. That's good. So like it was awesome because we were doing the row machine and blah, blah. And you could see where you're at. And that, that I, I just, I'll find whatever gear I need to find like whatever it is. And so I didn't rest on sit-ups, kettlebell swings, I did most of the row because I wanted to get through the row because they str- a couple of my partners struggle with the row more than they, they could do the other stuff better. So I just told them, I was like, I'll do the row. I'll do 3,000, you know, I'll do 3,000 meter row. Y'all do. And then my buddy Russ did like 1,500 and my other buddy, I think I did 500 or something like that. But 
Yeah, but you're right. I mean, it's the it's the accountability, the motivation, it's the the being able to push, you know, push with somebody, have somebody to chase, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think you need somebody to chase in life, right? Like I for goals. Like Oh yeah. I think and- you, you need somebody to chase that pushes you to be you, you see Djokovic and you know, with tennis, I'll bring it in your world, like chasing fed, chasing the doll. Like yeah. he had somebody to run after. And you're going to get better. Like in tennis, if I, if I'm playing tennis with people who aren't as good as me, I'm not going to get any better. No. But if I play with people who are better than me, then my game's going to elevate to their, to their level. And I think that in life, and we've mentioned this before, but you become like the people you spend time with. Average of the five most people you spend the most time with. Right? Were you the one that said that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that. Somebody else said it first, but I'm just saying you're the average of the most of the five people you spend the most time with. I tell my kids that all the time. So who, who are those five people? Yeah. And, uh, and you get to pick them, important. by the way. Yeah. You do get to pick them. You get to pick them. So there's no excuses. <laughs> yeah. You want to change behaviors and do things differently, and you don't want to act a certain way. If you're hanging out with people that act that way, you're going to do it. Yeah, but you want you want to be around people that are going to push you, and people that are going to call you out. Yeah, not not just they're just going to agree with. Wait you a minute, that, that's got to be hard as a pastor, though. That's got to be hard to find people that will call you out. It is hard, but you have to you have to find it. So who is it for you? Well, I, I have some buddies, uh, Mark Mark Hanley. He will, he will call me out. He will hold me accountable. We'll get together. I have guys in my discipleship group that we hold each other accountable every, every day to reading the Bible and we text each other and, you know, what, what did you get out of it? And also have, I have pastor friends that I'll get together with. And Do they have any cool nicknames like Pastor Jay though? I don't think so. Not that cool. <laughs> Sorry, pastors, you're lame. No, I, I, we're, I like, we're, getting, I, we're getting the pastor Jay. I, I like that though. I, I like the, I mean, you just, you have to find that, um, you know, we got an awesome small group, by the way, you'd love this. We got a new men's group that we started and, uh, you would know, I almost, love that. you would know almost every guy in the group. And, um, so I texted coach Rick cause coach Rick's one of those guys that I'll go meet with and we'll read books together. And he's been through the journey and I, and I try to find people that are older than me all the time that I, I can learn from because, I mean, they've already done that. They've been there. You've been there, done that with raising kids. Like I want to raise my son to be like Jolin, you know? I mean, you've, and, and there's some people that don't want to take their advice, by the way. I mean, that's also another thing too, is yeah. don't take advice from people that haven't done things that the way you want. Well, you to learn be done. what to do and what not to Correct. do by watching other people. But I was like, coach, I was like, I'm starting a, I'm starting a group. What's Cause I asked him to be in his prayer group a while back. And uh, he was like, Pollock, this is like 55 to dead. He was like, you don't want to be in the prayer group. He was like, this is, just, I'm just telling you. He was like, you don't, you won't, you won't love it. You won't be a fit. And I was like, okay. I was like, so basically no. Okay. I'm not, I'm not invited to the prayer group. So I called him. I was like, Hey, I want to do a, I want to do a group. What do I need to do? How do I make it great? Uh, what's the number? And he was like, keep it to no, this number. Uh, he's like the best study I've ever done is Romans. And he gave me the book. Well, I was like, all right. I said, I got the guys, got everything rolling. I said, I'm looking for somebody that's older that can do it with us that aren't all just kids the same age that can tell me, teach me things. And how do you look for that? What do you look for? And he goes, I'll do it. Oh, that's awesome. So he's, he's been meeting with us on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. Coach and, Rick has? Yeah. With your group of with guys? my group of 10 guys. Oh, that's awesome. And he'll meet with us in, on Wednesday mornings, and we're going through this study that he said has changed his life more than any study he's ever done. And um, 
it's it's been awesome and we got a text thread going like you and that, mm-hmm. that was reminded me of it just texting accountability you have a daily read that you have to read every day and then um you know you got individual texts with people and you, you ask them if you're reading it and um, sparks conversations i love doing books with people you know i god i never thought i'd see the day where i'm a reader i mean it, it's i it's strange but i'll just text jay my buddy jay lastly who coaches at north oconee i'm like hey man let's do a book i got a good one for you Sucker's going to read it, man. Chapter one, boom. Chapter two, boom. Chapter three, boom. And we'll finish a book in no time. Um, so you got to find those people. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to if you want to truly be great, you got to find those people that are better than you, that have done it, that have been there, done that, and know the steps and how are we going to chase it, and especially with discipleship, man. I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you don't find people that are very, very successful and chase them. Well, you men- you've mentioned today – uh, and I have, I have the, I've used this phrase a lot, but everybody needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. Timothy. Of course, you need a Paul. So you got Coach Rick, who's, who's pouring into you, and he's yep. an older person, or, or myself, you. who's older. Yeah. And, uh, and then you got your buddies, your Barnabases. You know, yeah. Barnabas is son. We're of doing it together. Y'all are doing it together. As yeah. iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. But now, like at church, you're pouring into our sixth grade kids. kids. And investing in them, discipling them, you're pouring into these other people that you're training and impacting. So I think that's a good place to end today. Um, and that would be my encouragement to everybody is, is find a Barnabas, yep. someone you're doing life with. Find a Timothy, someone who can pour into you. But then you learn so much by pouring into others. <laughs> How has it been for you leading the sixth grade boys? It's been great. It, it, it's been great. Um you know, it's interesting that you say that. And, and, and what I'm learning is how to read something, but then teach something. When you have to teach something, and you already know this because you're a pastor, when you have to teach something, you have to think about it differently and you have to fully grasp it as opposed to me sitting in your sermon and just soaking it up and taking notes. Like I'll take your sermon or I'll take other sermons that I listen to the other day I was listening to a sermon on the way to play golf and I paused it and I literally stopped. Actually, I took the, what I text you about the, the, uh, the stoning and you know, the story you told. Oh with, yeah. I took that story story of the adulterous woman. Yeah. yeah. And, and I took that story and I literally turned the car off and I, I said it out loud. I taught it out loud. Like I was speaking in front of 200 people or 300 mm. people. And I, and I, took my pauses and I tried to make it as heartfelt as I could. And I realized I sucked at it and it wasn't, it wasn't a good rep. It wouldn't have been something I wouldn't want to stand up in front of people and do. And I would have nailed it. And I was like, okay, do it again, do it again. Right? Like I, I, it makes me, it makes me practice putting my thoughts together and organizing my thoughts. Go talk to your wife about things that are going on in your life. Go talk to a friend. It organizes your thoughts. It puts things in perspective. It, it doesn't let them just, you have anger. Like you say it out loud and you're like, should I really be angry at that? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's what the Bible talks about. Seeking wise counsel, seeking wise counsel. Like it's okay to have a shrink. It's okay to have a counselor. Yeah. That's a good thing. It talks about it at nauseum yeah. in the Bible. So I think it just, you know, when you have to teach it and you have to have a Timothy that you're, you know, pouring into, I think it just makes it, it makes it where you study it more and you make sure you have it down before you open your big mouth and act like, you know what you're talking about, which I've done a time or two. Yeah, and also you have to explain it in such a way that a sixth grader would understand it. Yeah. And that's something I 
you know, I've tried to do in, in church is try to try to take a deep theological you know concept and put it in everyday language to where people understand it and they can apply it. Yeah, and Addison, their lives. Addison's learning how to do that. He's preaching for over there for Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and and I told him what you what you do all the time. But I just told him I was like, hey, bud, people aren't gonna remember all the fancy Bible verses on the screen. I was like, you did a good job. I said you did a great job first. I said, but they'll remember every story you told. Stories, stories teach. Tie stories the, tie the story into the tie the story truth. and teach with stories. Te- they're gonna remember what you said about you struggling in your room doing X, Y, they're not going to remember like, Hey, I know everybody's going through tough times. I know everybody's going through tough times. That's thanks. Everybody's told me that before. Let me tell you about a time that I went through some stuff like that resonates stories. Storytelling really is going to hit you in a spot different than memorizing things or just telling me a a Bible verse or something like that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you pouring into our sixth grade Boys, excited we know, about we know, we know two claps and a Ric Flair like nobody's business, bro. <laughs> Every time we finish, give me two claps and a Ric Flair, and the whole and we just we, I said I want everybody in here to hear that. That's the way we that's the way we finish. Can you end the podcast today with two claps and a Ric Flair? Yeah, but you got to say it then. You got to say, give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! <laughs>